Hey, James Kotecki here with a quick programming note. This episode is really aimed more at adults. As you can see in the description, we cover some ground that you might not want kids to be thinking or asking about, but it's your call. And now, on with the show. Our industry has been tackling an epidemic of sexual harassment and abuse and has been working really hard to try and correct that and move the industry forward in the right direction. At the same time, the technology has developed where people out in the public are committing new forms of sexual harassment and abuse on our members and on other people. And we want to do everything we can to stop that. This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki here with Duncan Crabtree Ireland, the COO and General Counsel of SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild-American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Duncan, how'd I do? And welcome to the show. Oh, you, you did great, James. And it is really great to be back with you. So, Duncan, yeah, we spoke in early January at CES. You're the union that represents actors and entertainers in this industry. So I want to know, since early 2019 to now, what are the tech issues that have been on your mind, dominating your union and your industry? And are there any surprises from when we first talked? In terms of the technical capacities and, and hardware side of the, the issues, probably the thing that's exploded the most since you and I last talked is the continued advances in deepfake technology and the ability for people more so at a consumer level to create realistic content that uh, imitates real people, whether that's being done for political reasons, whether it's being done as part of a continuing trend we're seeing to create pornographic material using deep tech technology. That's something that we're extremely concerned about and focused on right now. And so, as you said, this is a technology that allows people basically to create videos of people doing things and saying things that they never actually did. So a famous one from, I think, within the last year, certainly within the last couple of years, has been uh, President Obama, voiced by Jordan Peele, the actor, saying things that he never actually said. It strikes me that actors and people in the acting profession actually are getting a foretaste of this before maybe the rest of us, because somebody might want to create a deep fake about an actor seeming to do something because that person is a celebrity. But then this is technology that once it gets sophisticated enough could be used to target regular people as well. So do you feel like that? Do you feel like actors are kind of on the cutting edge of seeing the implications of this technology? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we've been looking at it for a while because the technology has existed for, for, for quite a while. But up until recently, the equipment that you needed in order to effectively do it was beyond the reach of most consumer budgets. And so the kind of people who could do this were people like the studios, television networks who had access to professional level equipment and, and, and individuals who had high level skill in doing this kind of stuff. And we should say it's also a legitimate thing to do, right? So in certain movies, if you want to have a special effect or have one actor portray you know, another famous person famously in you know, Rogue One when Princess Leia was brought into that movie, so to speak, by another actress with her face mapped onto it. I mean, these are potentially legitimate uses of this technology, right? Right, absolutely. And I think in those examples, what you're talking about is a situation where there's consent. 
And, and that's fine. No one has any real problem with that. I think there's obviously implications for political sphere, et cetera. But when there's consent, it's typically fine. But what we're seeing is with the ability for virtually anyone to have the technology to do this, there's an increasing tendency to do this without consent and to do it in some cases for nefarious reasons, whether it's to create so-called fake news or political agendas that are false or whether it's to take someone and put them into a sexually compromised situation that maybe you know you're imagining, but they would never agree to to do or to have their image used for. And nonetheless, that's happening on a daily basis. So is there anything that you can really do about this in the long term? We actually have legislation in California and in New York that we've been working on to try and address this to establish what many of us think should be obvious, which is that people have a right to control their image and likeness, especially when it's used for commercial purposes or especially when it's used for something illicit like putting someone in a pornographic situation without their consent. And so we feel like giving people the ability to do things like take that down, use existing notice and takedown procedures to, to get it offline or to hold the people who are doing it responsible where that's possible, those are important steps. I think also we've seen some of the tech companies starting to make moves in this direction in terms of uh, particularly the political sphere. And I think this is driven by the concerns about manipulation of elections and things like that, where they're helping to identify trusted sources of content. And I think in the end, probably part of this is going to have to be individuals, the public in general, realizing that you really have to know where your content is coming from. You can't just trust something that you see you have to trust the source. But for us, I think there's a really important aspect, which is obviously our industry has been tackling an epidemic of sexual harassment and abuse and has been working really hard to try and correct that and move the industry forward in the right direction. At the same time, the technology has developed where people out in the public are committing new forms of sexual harassment and abuse on our members and on other people. And we want to do everything we can to to stop that. I hate to put you in a position of arguing against your own legislation, but what you're proposing as far as people owning their own likenesses seems pretty reasonable. What's the counter argument to that? Or I guess, what are the forces that might not want that to happen? I think the number one concern that people have is sort of First Amendment. And this is articulated a lot by the studios, which basically say, look, we want to be able to make, you know, for example, a biopic about somebody um, and we don't want to have to get their consent in order to do it. And we agree with that. So we're not, we're not suggesting that the law should say that you can't write about someone or you can't make a movie about someone or whatever um, without getting their consent. We agree that you should be able to do that. What we feel people shouldn't be able to do is to take someone's actual image or likeness and then use it for a commercial purpose, not for an expressive purpose, not for a not for storytelling, but for something that's commercial in nature without their consent. That should be particularly true where it relates to putting someone into a compromising sexual position in terms of like pornographic material and stuff like that. So, um, you know, sometimes people read more into it than there really is there, but um, that's what it's fundamentally about. I want to get a little bit sci-fi with you right now and extend out some of these technologies a little bit into the future. So imagine a future where a super intelligent machine can basically make its own movie without any kind of 
uh, direct human input. So it can write the movie, it can voice the movie through kind of artificial speech generation, it can animate the movie, and it can distribute the movie. This is actually a situation similar to one that's contemplated in a book uh, about the future called Life 3.0 by an author named Max Tegmark. And when we think about that, obviously that is science fiction, but there don't need to be too many huge breakthroughs for that to happen. A lot of that just seems like the development and advancement of the technology that we have today. And so I'm wondering, do you ever kind of in the back of your mind think about that future and whether ultimately we will even need actors or people at all to make these films? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. It is something we've worried about at various times. It's funny because when I look back on it, there have been several points in the past, say, 10, 15 years where predictions of that exact thing occurring have, have been there. There was a movie based on a video game which was made entirely using performance capture and animation. There's you know, several movies that have been made that contemplate the idea of you know computer-generated characters. Up until now, there's sort of this theory, maybe you've heard of it, called the Uncanny Valley, which basically says as you know, these um, artificially generated performers get closer and closer to human, but not quite there, they get more and more creepy, and people don't connect with them. You know, in theory, uh, this is why people you know love animation. Uh, with very unrealistic looking figures, but as you get more and more realism, but not quite there, it turns people off. Now, whether that will continue to protect performers, I don't know. But what I what I do know is one of the areas where we're still waiting to see what AI can do is in the area of pure human creativity. And that is fundamental to the acting process. It's fundamental to the writing process. You know, can you Know, regenerate the image of a person doing an action. Yeah, you probably can. If you can't now, you will be able to in the future. Can you bring that spark of uniqueness and creativity that make the best projects so compelling? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I, I'm somewhat doubtful of it because I think in a certain sense, that is the kind of core element of humanity in our industry, which is where does that amazing idea come from that no one's thought of before that just wows you when you see it in a movie that that touches you i don't know and i guess what i would say is as complex as this is for audiovisual right you could make the same argument with respect to music right and it would be in a way even easier because you don't have to deal with the visual element all you have to deal with is the sound element and yet People connect with the humanity of the content in those in the songs that move us in a way that I think is unique. Yeah, and you mean you already hear uh, AI generated music? There's you can create AI generated music in the style of Mozart or Lady Gaga or whatever you want. I mean, to your point though, it's not necessarily winning any Grammys yet, and so that would be the <laughs> well, threshold, I suppose. Right, and I mean, I think that, you know, and maybe it's the combination of music and lyrics. I think I think that. As people, we're fundamentally looking for meaning in the content that we consume. And that is all types of content, even comedy, especially comedy maybe, but comedy, drama, everything. We're looking for that meaning and that human connection. And I do wonder if people will find that in something that they know has been created by AI. But maybe so. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, um, but it is definitely something we're watching. Duncan Crabtree Ireland is the COO and general counsel of SAG-AFTRA. Thank you so much for joining me on Kotecki on Tech. Thanks, James. It's been great.